This is Jennifer Pepita with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today, I'm talking with my daughter, Emily Pepito, about the Benedictine rule of stability. So we're starting a new four-week series on this concept of stability. And I just wanted to read a little bit in, I have this book that I'm reading. It's called Seeking God by Esther DeWall and is about the way of St. Benedict. And they, they say, she's kind of quoting from St. Benedict, and she says, do not grant newcomers to the monastic life an easy entry. They have to leave, they have to be left knocking at the door for four or five days, and then they're warned about the hardships and difficulties that will lead them to God. Then, if the monastic promises perseverance and his stability after two months, the rule is read, and he is told, "This is the law which you are um, you are choosing to serve." And so, basically, he goes on to say, "There's something fundamental to human need in stability." And there's a Benedictine recognition that the role of stability isn't just idealism, it's realistic. Everyone needs to feel at home, to feel earthed, for it is impossible to say, who am I, without first asking, where am I, whence have I come, and where am I going? Without roots, we can neither discover where we belong, nor can we grow. And without stability, we cannot confront the basic questions of life. And so I really love this concept of stability. And Emily, I've been thinking about it a lot because I was watching, I'm, I'm getting all of our old family videos uh, digitized. And so I was watching these videos from when we lived in Mexico and from when we lived in the trailer. And then from after we moved back, we were actually in the house in Oakdale. And it's a little bit heartbreaking because you can see the pain increase in our family with each move. Like in the trailer, it was a little bit crazy, but there's still a lot of kind of peace and love among the siblings watching these videos. And and then in the house in Mexico, we were all sitting there at the table doing school together. And it was this pretty cohesive, happy scene. Like everybody was really peaceful in that video. But then in the later one, there's a decent amount of pain that I could see reflected in my kids' faces. This was in the house in Oakdale, which, I mean, I would almost say it was a haunted house. It was just so, the person who lived there before us was so broken and um, oppressed. And we really struggled in that house in multiple ways. And so I thought it'd be interesting just to talk about today, how can we as families minimize the pain of change in our children's lives because some change is inevitable. So many people have moved to completely new communities, moved away from families. So question number one, Emily, what do you think we can do to minimize the pain of change on our children? Well, I think the best example of that has to be the Jewish culture because the Jewish culture is renowned for being sojourners over centuries and being, I mean, it's been the, the oppression of, of Jewish families and Jewish culture and Jewish tradition 
and the number of moves that they had to make through the medieval ages, through they, they lived hunted, they lived haunted, they were constantly being uprooted, but they had an internal stability of family identity rooted as a nation to a tradition of honoring and practicing his presence, practicing blessing their children, practicing certain holidays, practicing um, coming of age traditions, and they, they were consistent and faithful in those practices when everything around them was in chaos. And I know that we talked about um, family values in one of our earlier uh, episodes, I think the January one. And I think having a, because a, life happens, things change, and some of us are more called to be physically nomadic or to move, or like I have a desire to move overseas. I have a desire to live in different countries. Um, and if there's ever children, they're going to, they're going to experience that change. But I just, I really believe that if we have a vision for how our family is supposed to look, if we are grounded in, grounded in the word of God, grounded in what he's called us to, and are faithful to establish rhythms in our family and for our children, I think a lot of the instability that we see happen from external events is because and and obviously like I'm a I'm a big proponent of saying that at a certain age a parent is no longer fully responsible for the choices that their child who is now an adult are making but at a certain age the stability that a child needs is is the parental stability of a of being rooted and grounded in a good god who they believe is faithful no matter what um and I think that that forms a bulwark against a children's feeling of instability in moves or in chaos. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, you know, looking at those different seasons in our life, like even though living in the trailer or living in the off-grid house in Mexico was really hard, in those seasons, we still had a decent amount of family identity. You know, we were doing mission work and maybe there was some conflict between your dad and I, but we were we still had this bigger purpose. But by the time we got to the house in Oakdale, there was a lot of crushed dreams in our family. And, and my husband, your father was discouraged because of, you know, a big loss of missionary identity. And so I think that the, the attitude of us as mom and dad had so much more to do with you guys feeling at loose ends or unstable or unsafe or afraid than necessarily the many moves. And so, you know, I think as parents, if you can find a way to stay anchored in Christ during those transitions, you know, for moms, if your husband is going through a season where he's feeling depressed or without vision, you know, just continuing to read the Psalms and trust in the Lord and sing with your children and keep the atmosphere as happy and peaceful as you can you know, for, for dads to continue faithfully doing the right thing day after day, even when you are in a season of darkness or in a season of walking through the valley. I think it means so much to our children. And, you know, I don't, I know that so many families do not have, maybe there's not an option to stay in a marriage, but I think we often quit on marriage and create a terrible cycle of instability for our children because of a dark season rather than a persistent problem. Yes, definitely. And I think a, a couple of thoughts. One is 
it can feel like a very burdensome task to say, okay, so basically I have to have a good attitude all of the time. And in order for my children to feel stable, um, even if I live in the same place or even, or if there's a move that you're really struggling with, you know, I, I've been really, really interested lately in basically trauma, chronic or acute trauma and the effect on the dysregulation of the nervous system. And how if you've had a chronic or acute trauma that you've never dealt with, it actually prevents you from recognizing a situation in scope. And so instead of being like, oh, this is a disruptive move that is a little bit stressful and there's lots of new, but I'm going to treat it as an adventure and I'm going to, and there there are genuinely exciting things to look forward to, new coffee shops to explore, new people to meet, new like just all of the things that that are whimsical and that if you'd had a protected or a whole childhood, you would experience more innately. If you've had trauma you don't deal with, then that feeling of being uprooted or that feeling of being in a new place that is um, going to automatically feel more unsafe, especially to a dysregulated nervous system, then creates this sense of um, of stress that that almost makes the idea of providing a hopeful, stable, gentle atmosphere in the midst of external chaos feel incredibly daunting and and overwhelming. And I would definitely, I mean, there are so many beautiful resources out there to start inviting God um, into healing that. There's Mothering by the Book. There's lots of um, amazing resources on Instagram. And so there's, there's that. And then on the other side, in terms of marriage, yeah, if you, I, you know, there, there are times when, when a marriage is, is not feasible for really serious issues, but for a lot of things, I think like as a child and as an adult, I am so thankful that my parents chose to provide the, the stability and the faithfulness of staying covenanted to one another, um, even through the really tough seasons. Yeah, I love what you shared about trauma because so much of my own, so much of the pain that I brought into you kids' lives was related to my own unhealed trauma. You know, I was molested as a child and so it opened the door to a lot of fear for me and manipulation and control. And that is a big part of what sabotaged our missionary adventure. Like our missionary life was not that bad. And and it's funny because the the next I mean, I, I watched these old home videos and, and it wasn't that good either. Like we were, we were living in this house that was completely under construction. I mean, the, you know, the stairs were bare plywood. There was, uh, you know, like rugs here and there to hide concrete. I mean, it was chaos for sure. But in, in light of the many fixer uppers that we tackled since then, and in light of the time that we had as a family, in light of so many things, it was not that bad. But I had so many undealt with fears and so much trauma that hadn't been addressed. And and when we just keep moving forward, trying to like pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we don't deal with those underlying issues, it it is it does sometimes just keep piling on more, you know, more fear, more trauma. And I I, I do feel like healing healing trauma, healing our hearts is kind of like peeling an onion. I mean, I've worked through a ton of fear and yet in the last couple of years through uh, the pandemic and the government and even having adult children, so many fears have come up again. And I've had to 
go get even more aggressive about about training my mind, about trusting in the Lord, about reading the Psalms and meditating on God's faithfulness. But I think that letting our trauma sabotage our family life isn't the best idea and there is a better option. Yeah. And I totally, I definitely agree with what you're saying about the process of peeling off an onion skin. And I think if you are a adult woman or a mother or a single woman or whatever stage you're in, really seeking the heart of God, um, seeking seeking the compassion of God. Because I think even like following, like there's this one woman who I follow on Instagram really consistently. And I think even just following her mom has, has really softened my heart in a way because as a small child dealing with a parent's instability, you don't see the years of heartache that preceded the moments in our, that are now affecting you. You're just like, like this is scary and you're making it scarier. Um, and I think like just having like for yourself, like all of this process for stability, for order, for hospitality, for family, for the things we haven't talked about yet, it is, it is a process and it, and it requires compassion because you don't know, like you might not even know, what exactly you went through that is causing you um, to find fear easy and peace hard. And you don't know, you might not fully understand the story of, you know, the person who caused that trauma in your life. And, and so really seeking to, to understand and have compassion um, for yourself while you're, while you are kind of fighting the good fight and doing the really beautiful work of, kind of recapturing some of these principles and being like, no, no, I, stability, me being stable as an adult, no matter what's happening externally, does not come easily, but there's a grace to pursue it. And there's a compassion to be in process as long as it takes me to get there. Yeah, that's so good. That compassion piece. And I think one of the most healing things for me has been having compassion towards my own parents which obviously you've had a lot of compassion for your dad and I. And, you know, when we can learn to forgive our parents, when we can learn to stop holding them in judgment and really thoroughly. And, and, and it doesn't, it's not like a fast thing. You know, I've talked about this in Mothering by the Book. Forgiving our parents isn't just saying, I forgive you, mom and dad. It is taking the time to feel and acknowledge the pain that their actions cause, you know, my my parents are wonderful Christian people, but they both suffered some neglect or or even um, maybe verbal abuse as children, and so a cycle does continue. And obviously, our own experiences and for myself being molested contributed to how I felt about my childhood. But as I learned to, you know, verbally say, you know, I forgive you for the way that this affected my life. I forgive you for the way I felt about this situation and really acknowledging each moment in childhood where you maybe felt alone or you felt unseen or you felt abandoned. All of those feelings that we experience in childhood, if we don't take time to acknowledge them and forgive them, then we do tend to either swing. Like for me, I tried so hard to overcompensate for what I thought was lacking and then created a lot of chaos by the lack of consistency and, and maybe being too emotional in my parenting. 
And, you know, so if we don't forgive, then we tend to either overcompensate or in some way repeat the same mistakes. And so I think it's just one of the main keys to healing trauma in ourselves is forgiving those who inflicted that trauma on us. 100%. And I think one of the dangers, like you're just talking about how we can basically react and then either create new trauma or, and, and sometimes then in reacting fail to really um, address what we need to see healed in our lives. And um, I was actually talking to my cousin who was down this weekend and she was listening to a podcast and, and their line was, that's not my story. Um, and I think sometimes in dealing with whether you are still in a close, close relationship um, with people who, who maybe you feel like reacting to or, or you are dealing with childhood memories, also just that concept of like, okay, this is not something I have to be afraid of. Because by the, by the grace of God and by what was accomplished on the cross, what I experienced as a child or the mistakes that people who loved me um, made or even the last 10 years of my life or the last 20 years of my marriage, that, that's, not, that's not the story that Christ redeemed me to. And that is not the story that I want to write for the next 20 years. And so just being really proactive, like sometimes even... Sometimes even we don't catch ourselves before the act. And so we go into a situation that maybe, you know, something feels chaotic and we go in and instead of bringing peace, we bring more chaos because we are reacting from, you know, all the stuff we just talked about, all the dysregulation, all the fear. Um, And even after the fact of in that moment when you're like, wow, I can't believe I just acted like that, having, having the grace to be like, okay, this still, this isn't my story. And, and the thing that caused it, the root that caused it, it's, it's a lie. And, and continuing to sort of be proactive before and after to start rewriting and identifying through the lens of the truth that Christ has saved us into and the, the reality of what we want to create for ourselves and for our families. Yeah, it's so good. It's so encouraging that we aren't finished. Like we don't have to worry if we made a mistake. There's so much opportunity to reparent even into the teen adult years ourselves and our children. I love earlier you mentioned how the Jewish culture and Jewish families, they went through so much trauma and so many changes and moves, but their traditions, their habits and rhythms were really what anchored them. And I love that you talked about that because I do feel like even in a chaotic time, like when we were there in Mexico and things were were um, really chaotic, we were doing our morning time and that was an anchor for our day or, you know, with the Jewish families where they have a celebration to look forward to. And so even though, you know, they, are, they were even maybe persecuted, I have a book called The Secret Shofar and it's about a family who is celebrating Passover during the midst of Nazi occupation or uh, maybe Passover or Rosh Hashanah, but they were still keeping their feasts even in the midst of that trial. And it was an anchor for the family. I think, you know, the Benedictines, they read the Psalms as a daily practice. And that Psalm reading is an anchor for them where it helps create more stability as we fix our eyes on Jesus. And I, I, I want us as people, as mothers, as women to have that kind of peace where we're not different every day, where one day we're an emotional mess and the next day we're this wonderful, happy mom. But we we start to 
really ex- uh, absorb and live in the peace of God that passes understanding the, the, the Jesus that is the same yesterday, today, and forever that we start to have that same spirit. And I love how Psalm one expresses it. It says his blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, does he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And I love that picture of stability of a tree that is just there every year. It brings forth fruit. It is stable and it prospers. And and just the way that that can form us as families when we start to meditate more on God's word than on the trials we're facing. Yeah, 100%. That's beautiful. Well, thanks for joining today, Emily. I always love getting your perspective and I'm just so thankful for the grace that you've shown me. It's an honor to be your mom. If you are looking for more peace and stability in your home, check out the resources from the Peaceful Press. Our family-centered learning guides involve reading the most beautiful, heartwarming books. We have time for notebooking and narration built in. There are geography and science and history lessons. The only thing you have to add is math and language arts. And when you use the Peaceful Press, you create more margin in your days for processing pain or forgiveness or celebrations or nature time or whatever it is that helps you work through trauma and create more peace and stability in your home. You can find more and free samples at thepeacefulpress.shop.